Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high-income earners come to learn wealth-building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth-building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome to today's episode of the Money Insights Podcast, where we talk all things money and business. My name is Christian Allen. I'm with my co-host, Rodney the Pod Zabriskie. What's up, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, and I'm really glad that it's cooling off. Like fall has has fallen. <laughs> do you think that's what made me sick, Rod? Okay, here's a question: Why do we say that we're under the weather? I might be like really putting my ignorance like out on display here, but I'm under the weather. You can probably tell in my voice, but why do we say we're under the weather? That's a great question. I don't know that I have an answer for that, but we could, we also call it a cold. Yeah, so maybe it's like so, as the weather gets colder, that's it. Yeah. But what? But if it's the middle of summer, you can't be like, I'm <laughs> un, I'm under the it's weather. It's not a cold. If if even if it feels <laughs> like a cold, it's not a cold. It's a it's hot. Not. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've got my honey cinnamon water here that I'll be sipping to try to keep my voice fresh. Sweet. Okay. Today, Rod, we're going to talk about what I'm calling the Entrepreneur's Playbook. Ah, okay? I like it. Okay, and the Entrepreneur's Playbook is consists of 10 and potentially a couple extras, but at least 10 principles to live by to gain, create massive success. Okay. Perfect. I'm okay. Excited. So, so we have to brag a little bit about our business so that people have some idea of, of kind of what we've done. We don't, we're not going to go too far into it, but I'll just say this. Uh, Rod and I have owned a couple of businesses together. We owned the day spa which might be one of our big mistakes, right? Yeah. So so we'll just kind of throw that out. You learn your um, lessons. You learn lessons. <laughs> but we learned a lot of lessons. Um, yeah. and, and so it was, in some ways, it was positive. Okay. So, but we also have a business, Money Insights, that has between you and me and Buck over the last 12 months, we've done $5 million of revenue, a little more. So like, that's pretty impressive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and growing. So we have some business acumen to fall on. We think that we can continue to grow and become a, you know, 50 million, hundred million dollar revenue company. So we'll see, but, uh, but that's where we're at today. And so we're going to use, we're going to draw on some of the things that we've done well and some of the things that we've learned. And we'll probably draw on some of the, some of the things we messed up along the way too. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we've got 10 principles to live by. Rod, number one, why don't you hit up, hit it for us? Yeah, well, the number one and probably most important is to live your values, have values mm. and live them. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Maybe I should have put that first. Uh, create <laughs> values first. I'm going to assume here that the people that we're talking to already have strong values. Yeah. And I think that's probably fair based on, um, you know, the, the people that we work with. Like, I would be surprised if they don't have strong values already. So we're going to skip that step, Rod. Although it is very important, make sure you have and create your values. But then maybe more importantly, but certainly as important is that you live those values. So I'll give you an example of a couple of ours that we really try to live by with like, uh, I don't know what, what the right, like a hundred percent, 110%. Militantly. We just don't mess militantly. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Our values are integrity. And of course we deal with money. So like, there's probably nothing more important than having, you know, being honest and showing integrity when you're dealing with money. The second one is transparency for us. 
-hmm. And again, we're dealing with money. We've got to make sure that people understand what's happening with the money. And then our third one is kind of something we developed because part of what we do is sell and it's education without pressure. So that's kind of our sales mantra. But all of those are things that we have lived by, like you said, pretty militantly for years and years. And, um, and that's why we've, you know, had a fair amount of success and continue to grow. So living your values, that's why we put it number one. It's probably the most important. And I think any entrepreneur who's passionate about what it is they're doing brings with that passion, those values. So sometimes it's just a matter of taking a, a step back and saying, okay, what are, what are the core values for core principles that have brought me to where I am today? And that I, I just really feel passionate about in kind of carrying forward and, and displaying as I, as I do the work of my business on a daily basis. Mm, good stuff. So Rod, let's jump into number two, which is to treat your business like a business, but do it from day one. Mm-hmm. And this is really difficult to do um, because it probably takes a little bit of education before you jump into the business, right? Uh, so so I guess what I'm saying here is the concepts, strategies, um, processes, you have to just start developing them from day one and kind of take a long-term view over the business, right? Like it, it's maybe a balancing act because of course you've got to create revenue as quickly as you can when you're new and yet you still have to do some of those things if you want to show ha- have long-term success. So as an example, you want to have a marketing budget from day one where when you bring in revenue, there's a portion that's going to continue to grow the business. And then there's a portion that's creating your income. Um, mm-hmm. Those types of things end up being really important. And, you know, another example is, is finding people who can support you, right? Like you right. want to make sure that you're, the, the faster you're focused on doing the things that bring in the most money, the better off you'll be. The challenge is, is that those, this can be scary, right? It can be scary to, to you know, oh, oh, let's just give an example here. So if I'm struggling to get by, like it's really hard to take some of my money um, and put it out as a marketing thing, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. that just becomes a really difficult paradigm to deal with. So anyway, but what I'm saying is, is that try to do it because yeah. if you do, you'll find way more success and much faster. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the things we're going to talk about on principles three through 10 build on that kind of creating this business. Well, how do I do that? That that's kind of what we're going to talk about on these next principles. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Okay. So the next one really does work into that perfectly because we're going to talk about how important it is with our third principle to work smarter, not harder. Now, Sometimes when people say that, they just assume you just want to be lazy, but it's Uh not about being lazy, right? It's about using this really incredible brain that we've been given to accomplish things. And what's amazing is that we can accomplish so much more if we think through things instead of just like diving in and going for it. There's just so much wasted time. Um, in our business, like it's fool's gold, right? You can be working, Mm -hmm. you can come into the office and work on a dozen different things and never do anything that creates real revenue. Like that becomes a real real problem. So you've got to be focused on working, working smarter and doing the right things. But there's a couple of things to that, Rod. In addition to working smarter, not harder, you've got to create efficiency. You've got Mm -hmm. to build processes and systems. So I, I hit on that early, but like, I really believe passionately 
that if you want to be a business owner, an entrepreneur that's able to eventually step away from your business and and you know have a business that really serves you, if you want to, want it to, you've got to start from day one working in those efficient processes and systems. There's a book I've mentioned before. It's called E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm -hmm. And it's one that I suggest and recommend uh, really for this. Basically, what he the premise of it is that he says, if, if you're going to treat your business like a business from day one, mm -hmm. and then you need to create these systems and processes. Basically, the way he says it is, you need to set it up so that you could franchise it at any time. In other words, mm -hmm. have not just have the processes, but have them documented, show so you could hand someone or, or, or when you hire, when you start hiring people and you're saying, okay, I'm going to take off the hat of, you know, admin or of, of whatever marketing, I'm going to hand that to somebody that, that they're, you already have some things in place that you are handing to them and it fits in already with the rest of the systems. Um, but, but that's, that's what we're working towards. That's, that's not an overnight process. That's something that is ever evolving. We never quite arrive, but we do want to always be keeping that in mind of, of getting those processes and systems in place. Hmm. I like that. So not just like creating or not just, um, creating them. Yeah. Not just creating them, actually documenting them, taking it to the next step. Cause like you said, it's one thing to to have them in place and you be able to do them. It's another to be able to pass those on to somebody else who can do them ongoing. Right. Yeah. And you, you want to put yourself in the, in the seat of the, of your client or your potential clients Absolutely. and, and like live through the experience of what you're offering. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So one, one thing that's a pet peeve of mine is, uh, have you ever ordered something online and they said, uh, it takes whatever three days to get you the the shipment, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, three days go by and you don't have your stuff, and you reach out and they're like, "Oh yeah, we haven't shipped it yet." And you're like, "But wait a minute, you you said three days," and then the answer is, "Well, that doesn't include the time it takes before we ship it. That's just the shipping <laughs> time." And I'm like, like oh, "Okay, great, brilliant, Let's, thank you." Yeah, maybe you could be a little more clear then on, on what you're doing and, and at least give people an idea for, for you know, set realistic expectations, et cetera. So anyway, that's an example. They have a system. They have a process. It's just not very efficient, not, not very well communicated to the client. And so here I am over here frustrated that I don't have the stuff that I was expecting. And they're like, and they're just, to, to them, it, it's, it's a reasonable explanation but to me, it's totally unreasonable. Yeah, don't do that. So that's yeah, the lesson, stuff right? Stuff like that. Don't do things like that. That and and really like, I like what you said. Put yourself in the position of your customer, client, mm -hmm. whoever is going to be using the service you're providing, right? Like, do that. Get a get a better understanding of what it looks like from that side, and it's a lot easier to make the right kind of adjustments. And then I I would also say on that to get feedback from existing clients, Absolutely. people who have gone through the process so that you can make it better, make it more efficient. Okay. Rod, what is number four in the entrepreneur's playbook? Number four is to focus on your niche. Mm, that's an important one. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is a hard one for a lot of people. It was hard for me, right? Because mm -hmm. the challenge is when you first get going in a business, you're just trying to get business anywhere you can get it. Right. And so it feels limiting by trying to 
niche down in your market, right? It feels like, ah, but if I do that, I could miss out on this or I could miss Mm -hmm. out on that. And that is kind of like, I'm not going to lie, that's kind of an ongoing struggle in a lot of ways. However, however, my experience tells us strongly that just doing it makes more sense. Because again, like, you know, it kind of goes back to the idea of, of what I'm trying to think of the phrase, Rod, um, something of all master of none. What's, what's my word there? Help me. Jack of all trades, master of Thank none. Thank you. Yes. It's, that's really what happens. You can't become known in your industry. You can't become known as the per the go-to person. If you're trying to do, you're trying to be all things for all people, or even yeah. just trying to be multiple things for multiple people, right? Like the, my experience has been that the people who are generally the most successful are able to create a really focused niche market that they can go after. Absolutely. And for us, so what that's is at this point is we work with high income earners in the alternative investment space. Very specific, right? There are a lot of people out there we could work with. There are a lot of uh, different ways that people could use life insurance, annuities, the kinds of things that we uh, offer. Um, But we're very, very specific and very, even within what I just said, it's, it's very specific strategies inside of the alternative investing space that helps make people's investing more efficient, better, right? Adding additional profitability and different additional opportunities to create streams of income, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we decided that we were going to help high income earners move into the alternative space. And that for us means things like, like, things that we don't even actively sell. We constantly Mm -hmm. teach people the value of real estate and other alternative assets um, just because the combination of them is, is what's really effective. Um, So yeah, make sure you focus down, focus on the people who need what you have to offer and you'll be far more successful. Okay. Rod, number five is you've got to invest in your business. I talked about this a couple of times early on. Um, because it's such a hard thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those things that you kind of can get in this habit of saying like, okay, when this happens, I'll start doing that, right? Yeah. When I reach six figures, then I probably have enough money that I can um, you know, start saving and doing more marketing. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm telling you, that is a mistake. It's a huge mistake to think that way. The sooner that you can start treating it like a business, the better off you'll be. Um, and sometimes, can I just be honest with you? Like when I, when we moved to this, like we've spent money on marketing stuff that was probably like that we didn't, if we look back on it, we could, we would have preferred not to, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? So we have made mistakes along the way with how we spent money. And yet, um, you know, our brand and our ability to reach people has grown so much since we focused on really, um, investing in the business and being in, and it's allowed us to grow the business significantly. Yeah. Well, I, I don't talk about this much because I don't use it much now, but my undergraduate degree was in marketing communications, which is basically advertising. Yeah. And uh, there was there's a quote that still sticks with me uh, from one of the most famous you know, advertising gurus ever. And he basically said, I know I'm wasting half of the money I spend on my marketing. I just don't know which half it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you have yeah. to be out trying different things. And and you want to measure it. You want to you want to move toward those things that are most effective, and you can figure that out. But you have to be willing to try different things and and hone your message, hone the the delivery, all those different things, so that you can 
really get those things that are most efficient. But if, if you don't start somewhere, if you don't start investing in it, you won't get there. You can't get there. Well, Rod, so the good news is, this is good and bad. The good news is there's a lot better metrics for tracking things than there Absolutely. probably was 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. So it's it's not as difficult as it was when you put a sign up on the freeway, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. to track that. Here, you know, especially in the digital world, we have now, we, we have a lot of tracking devices. And yet, can I just tell you in the podcast space, it's horrible. Like they're way behind in metrics. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of a bizarre thing. Um, I think they're working on it, but but yeah. Um, okay, so but the bottom line here is Rod, invest in your business. The earlier you start doing it, uh, the better off you'll be. Okay, and that leads us perfectly into number six, Rod. Embrace technology. Yeah, well, you were just talking about it, right? You were mm -hmm. just talking about um, investing in your business. Okay, wait, what was what was it that you were just saying, Rod? Just I was talking about the advertising, and you were talking about the metrics that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Okay. Okay. I was thinking about it though. So. So using technology can be one way, of course, to, well, as you understand how investing in your business can be effective, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked about metrics and all those types, like tracking, especially in the digital space, it's just so much better than it probably was in the past and for a lot of other marketing methodologies. So you can really focus in on it. But can I just tell you, embracing technology is one of the best things we ever did. Um, and I'll just give a couple of examples here. So the first thing that we did is we went online years before most people. And can I just say, I should, we should have done it five years earlier, right? Yeah. Um, that would have been great. But we, we went online and, and started working with people across the country almost 10 years ago. And when we started doing it, like we couldn't even get life insurance companies to let us write their products, right? <laughs> right, yeah. they, you they have wanted to you. meet with people. Yep, you got to meet with them. In fact, there was a few times where we sent Rod off across the country to get some signatures, you know what I mean? So that was yeah. crazy. Just because I had to see the person face-to-face, -face, otherwise the company wouldn't accept the application. Yep, it's crazy. Okay, so we, we've embraced technology in a bunch of ways. Like we, we probably try to embrace technology anywhere we can, but just a couple, again, a couple of examples. When we went online, um, that gave us a reach that we just didn't, wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we did is we, we work with people. Um, we use our little whiteboard as we're talking to people a lot of mm -hmm. times yep. and that helps people feel engaged with what's happening. I can't tell you, especially early on how many times people would be like, Oh, that's really cool. What are you guys doing there? Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've shared, I'm trying to remember what's the what's the program that we use. Yeah, PDF annotator is the software. PDF annotator. Yeah. Yes, that's right. On a writable it, tablet. Yeah, but it makes a big difference because again, just by doing that, you can point people in the right direction. You can make a an online meeting more engaging than just mm -hmm. having the conversation. So more, we found go ahead. more engaging than an in-person meeting. Yes, you that's can't what's duplicate really crazy. In person, what we can do on the technology. And, and I think that is a huge deal because obviously you're talking with people face to face, you have your camera on, you can be doing that. And yet you can put anything up at a moment's notice, right? You think mm -hmm. about what that looks like. If you're in person, you're trying to ruffle around papers and trying to find this or that here, we can just very fluidly go to anything that we want within a moment. And it just makes, makes the process so much better, but, but it's not just those things. Like those are a couple of examples, regardless of the business you're in. There are all sorts of technologies. Well, I can think about uh, one of them with the spa, Rod. We mm -hmm. when we got the the uh, system that started to it was it was the bot that started to answer the phone for us. Yeah, 
Yeah, or and texting text. people and yeah. And anyway, like we were able to be a lot more efficient. Now, again, you have to be careful because you don't want to take away the human element. Mm -hmm. What I believe is that you want to use technology to enhance the human element so that they're you're getting you're getting the best of both worlds. And I think okay, that anyway. is critical what you just said because not only the the personal touch part of it, but also the the thinking. Like a lot of people try to let technology replace their their need for thinking, right? And in some ways it does that. I'm not saying that we can't be more efficient in the way that we do that, but if you turn off your brain just because you have the technology, now you're in trouble. Cuz you know, we've we found in a lot of ways that uh, yeah. the technology we're using, uh, we have to still be very strategic, still be doing all of these other things that we're talking about because technology can't replace you. Yeah. And you still have to, you have to test it and retest it. And, but, but again, once you've done that a couple of times and you can lock it in, then the efficiency starts to come in and, you know, there's just, there's just so many things. And most people are doing more of that now. Like, you mm -hmm. know, we're, we have email sequencing and all these different things that like, we don't even have to write the email. We can just plan it. Or we don't have to write it in the moment, right? We can yeah. write one, plan it out, and just send it off. So, like, there's a, there's a hundred ways to use technology. Um, it's been a game changer for us. Yep. Um, okay, Rod. Number seven is to make sure people are in the right seats on the bus. So, I have a little bit of an example here that I'll kick us off with. Okay. Our own example. I genuinely believe this has made a huge difference in our ability to to produce and become and grow. And it's a really like obvious one, Rod. So when we started together um, and, and even early on when we were going online, I was running the appointments, right? I was running the client appointments and you were doing a lot of the, not just the back end in terms of like admin stuff, like mm -hmm. you were also doing the the case prep and a lot of those things. Right. Yeah. Um, which obviously you still do some of those things, but you've also, you've also created a system around it now so that it's a lot more streamlined and automated, but mm -hmm. here's the point. So I moved out of production out of meeting with clients, Rod moved into it and our business has grown tremendously. It's given me the chance to focus on, uh, more opportunities to grow our business and our brand and Rod's just like buckled down and produces like a machine. So anyway, the, it, it was kind of one of those things where I don't even think we knew that was the case. But over time, we probably have realized that by doing that, we actually were getting the right, the right people into the right places. Yeah. And, and this is a, a principle across the board in, in all positions. Absolutely. And one thing, I, one thing I will say is sometimes you have the right person on the bus. You just don't have them in the right seat. Absolutely. So if, if someone isn't performing in their you know, their, their primary position that you've put them in instead of just kicking them off the bus immediately, uh, maybe at least analyze and say, okay, well, it, am I asking them to do things that, that don't necessarily fit in their wheelhouse, but if I moved them over here, then they could do better. Or am I giving them the right tools so that they can succeed? They might be in the right seat, but I haven't given them the right training tools to, to succeed and are the things that I can do to, to make that happen so that they can thrive. I, can I just tell you, Rod? Once once your people are on the right, are in the right seats on the bus, things can really pick up steam. Oh, yeah, right. Absolutely. You think about all the bottlenecks that can come when you know maybe somebody just doesn't quite get understand their role. And now, and for us, like 
there's a lot of potential bottlenecks inside of a business relationship. And really there is for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So just having people in the right places makes a massive difference for us. It's been huge. Um, and I really feel like we have the right people on the, in the right seats, by the way. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. We have really good people. Okay, Rod, that was number seven. Make make sure people are in the right seats on the bus. Number eight is to be innovative and always looking for new opportunities. And then I would also say, just don't be afraid to fail. This kind of reminds me of your marketing quote, Rod. Like the reality is, is when you go out and try to be innovative, when you try to create, um, there's a very real possibility of failure, right? Mm -hmm. In fact. The chances are if you're trying to innovate and create something new, then there's a high likelihood of failure. So you mm -hmm. have to go in knowing that and being willing to kind of face up to it from the get-go. But but yeah. I genuinely believe for us, uh, being innovative and looking for, the again, the right way. For us, I think our innovation has been a lot in our messaging and helping people mm -hmm. really understand the, the services that we provide in a simple way that's easy to understand that they can very – um, easily implement right yeah anyway that, like, I, I think that's been the maybe one of our kind of biggest strengths as it relates to innovation and this reminds me of the conversation we had uh the interview we did here a month or two ago with jay steinfeld the founder oh, yeah. of finds.com and and uh the giant bong that he had in uh yes. in his, uh, in his lobby awesome. where they basically took pride in the fact that they were willing or they they wanted to they they encouraged people to be thinking outside the box innovative uh, experiment mm. in a lot of different ways and so they had a lot more i can't remember was ping pong balls or something in yeah. the in the bong that that represented the the tries and fails than they did in the in the one that had the tries and succeeded and they liked that they wanted that they encouraged it Gosh, you know, I'm thinking about that and just the act of doing that was innovative, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. oftentimes when I think of innovation, I automatically go to digital stuff. Like that's that's kind of where my head goes. And yet yeah. you can be innovative anywhere. In that situation, he they were literally being innovative in the way that they helped people innovate. Yeah. Right. And be creative, right? Super yep. cool. Yeah, that was a really good example. Okay, Rod, what's number nine? Number nine is to be self-aware. And hire people who are good at the things that you aren't good at. Whoo, this is a huge one for me, Rod. I'm not very good at very many things. And so I have to hire a lot of people to take care of the stuff that I'm not good at. But can I just tell you, doing that has made my life so much better. Well, the thing is, and, and I think that's what's made our partnership valuable, is that we complement each other in, in the areas that I'm not so great at and specifically kind of high-level visionary you know, innovating and that kind of stuff. I'm more of the boots on the ground, you know, systems get, get you know, kind of get that figured out. Yes. Which ha so happens to be the part that, that you don't work out very well. <laughs> sorry to say it, but uh, anyway, that, Gosh, that's, that that's, what, that's what brought us together to begin with, as you may recall, right? Uh, you were looking for some help in doing some different things. You plugged yep. me in and, and needed uh, some help you know. and that's and it's worked since then. okay can i just tell you though like rod it's not that i don't love efficiency and systems and processes i love it to be organized like it's very important to me that our business is is well planned very organized mm -hmm. runs like a machine the hard part is is 
I'm not very good at actually implementing it. Like I can come up with in my mind what I want it to look like, but then I need some people who can actually implement. And yeah. that requires people who have skill sets that I just don't have. Like sometimes I joke with Heather, my wife, and uh, uh, that I'm like, I only have like one skill. And like, I look at these people around me and they have like all these skills. They can do a bunch of different things. And all I can say is that I feel very lucky to be working with a lot of great people who have skill sets that I just don't have. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. That brings us into number 10. Okay. Number 10, number 10 might be, okay. I said number one might be the most important, but <laughs> number 10 might also be the most important. Okay. And that is that you just have to without fail deliver on your promise, yeah. right? Like there is nothing worse as a business, as an entrepreneur, that you can do than not be that say things that you don't actually do become unreliable miss phone calls and don't get back to people like those types of things deliver again delivering on whatever the service or expectation that you put out there man there's probably nothing more important than that and and rod i've talked about this because over the last like year i've been doing all these contract i've had contractor after contractor working mm -hmm. in the backyard and basement and just doing a lot of different stuff to build a pickleball court and um most people aren't very reliable and so so here's the deal just by doing this just by like really living what you're gonna do delivering on your promise you can stand out in an amazing and massive way right yeah, so again i believe that that's part of why why we've been able to grow. Well, okay, I'll give you an example, Rod. We worked with another example. We worked with a guy um, a couple years back and he was doing a bunch of business, kind of similar, similar type of business that we were doing. The difference was that when he would get a client, uh, he would basically just pawn them off to the insurance company, mm -hmm. right? And like, I remember thinking like, gosh, we, can't, we couldn't even comprehend that style of doing business because when yeah. we bring people in, they never talk to an insurance company. They always talk directly to us. We do everything for them to the mm -hmm. extent that they that they'll allow us to do it. Right? We want to mm -hmm. make it streamlined, easy to do. But like, it's amazing again how many people won't even do that. So delivering on the promise that's that's my that's my most important piece of advice. I think that's it. And you have to keep your ear to the ground to know that you're delivering. Or, or in other words, well, go back to the example I gave earlier about the the e-commerce thing. If you're not in tune to knowing what what people are seeing, what how they're interpreting the message you're giving, again that whole three day thing. I was expecting three days, and there's and then later they they basically said, uh, if it hasn't shipped in a week, let us know. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's putting the onus on me to, to get it really... in, in two weeks. So uh, being again kind of self aware in, in that sense too, but. But just understanding that what you're communicating, that promise you're giving, that you're delivering on it in the eyes and the minds of, of your clients and customers. Ah, that's a good point. Okay, so, and you have to add that. It has to be delivering on what they expect, right? So that means that you first have to, you have to put out the right expectation. Right. Because if you don't do that, it's all, it's just a mess from the get-go. But again, yeah, you... Their they their expectation is way more important than your expectation. Yeah, and you are setting an expectation whether you know it or not. So set an expectation, set a proper expectation, and then deliver on it. Okay, Rod, I I couldn't help but I had to put a bonus principle in there. 
And part of the reason is because, well, two, maybe two or three reasons, but at least, at least two, let's start with that. First reason is because we have talked about it multiple times throughout the podcast. Mm -hmm. And the second reason is I just genuinely, genuinely believe in it. The third reason, Rod, is because I recently, I recently listened to a podcast episode with a marketing expert who had done either her company or she might've been quoting another company. But basically the, the core of what she said was that third-party validation was the single most important buying, um, what's the right word? Factor. Factor, information. Like, yeah, the, the idea is just that they valued third-party validation more than any other type of ways to bring you into the business, right? So I thought yeah. that was really interesting. Uh, but it made sense to me. So for that reason, that's why we made it a huge deal to gather reviews. We have 155-star mm -hmm. reviews, which in the financial services space is a lot. Most people mm -hmm. don't focus on or think about it at all. But can I, again, it's one of those things that we take a lot of pride in, and I genuinely believe that it has supported and helped our business grow. Absolutely. Yeah. It Because what we, what we tell people to expect, they're just going to take that with a grain of salt, right? Like, oh, you're telling me how great you are. Oh, but if, if these other people can validate that and share their experiences and, and help, help me understand a little bit about, in this case, money insights by the fact of that they did business with you and, and how their experience went, that's much more powerful than anything that we could ever say. Well, yeah, absolutely. And think about this, right? So one of our core markets is physicians and dentists. And, mm -hmm. and when they go to the website and they see, you know, 10, 20, 30 other physicians, dentists that have had a really great experience, then like, again, they could potentially not even know what we do and still be interested in working with us all because mm -hmm. they've right. seen validation that other people in their same situation have had tremendous success working with. So like, it's been, I think it's been really critical and I would encourage people from day one, we did not start doing this on day one, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. this was only something we started maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and it's really helped us. So anyway, I believe in it a lot. Okay, Rod, I probably could have put in a couple other bonus principles, but I didn't want it to take us too long. So those were my top 10 principles to live by to gain massive success. Um, and we're calling it the entrepreneur's playbook. Okay, Rodney, that is it for us today. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on the Money Insights Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth-building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.